0: Hey, good morning. Welcome to the Common Good Podcast. Uh, we showed the empty silhouettes that shouldn't be filled by Rob Reiercy, who's off today on the uh, Tuesday podcast, but it is still a Tuesday. The uh, I believe it's the 28th of March. Is that right? Yeah, 28th of March. And um, we're going to talk a little bit of politics uh, and the common good around here. By the way, Dan, I'm, I'm uh, back from across the pond, as they say. Um, yeah. do, I, do I strike you as any different now that I've spent time in Oxford? More sophisticated Oxford air, yes. Dan, I, I wasn't sure how I would tell this story, and I'll just just be brief about it, but the first few minutes that I was at Oxford, I got travel sick and soiled myself in the hallways of Oxford <laughs> University. I am not kidding. Oh, my uh, gosh. That's just, at some point, I'll do a whole bit on the story. Uh, all by myself, walking down an academic hallway, uh, and uh, the travel incredible. caught up with me, and uh. I had uh, no problems. So I, you know, sometimes there's an expression, you know, when you're going to do something important, like don't, you know, don't ask yourself. Um, yeah, I can see why people uh, <laughs> pe- people give that. It wasn't nerves; it was mm-hmm. travel, and I think a, brec- a breakfast gone bad. Um, so anyway, was it an English but, uh,
1: breakfast? Because you sent a picture a f- of that, and I'm like. Who wants to eat an English breakfast? Well, it was like I, runny baked beans and it was an odd combination of things. I didn't realize that that's a traditional English breakfast.
0: Yeah, the classic English breakfast. You've got a sausage and a Canadian cut bacon. You have over easy eggs. Somebody may have had a piece of toast alongside. The beans, uh, mushrooms, hmm. um, I think I'm... Uh, I think I'm missing something in there. A tomato, uh, a grilled tomato, huh? Like like half sliced, big, hearty, yeah. uh, heavy tomato. Yeah, that was exactly the breakfast that then led to the travel sickness yeah. that caused to the humiliation of my personal uh, yeah. sensibilities. So, um, yeah, I won't I won't get into the whole story <laughs> now, but uh, it was a doozy. Uh, but the event that we were part of um, the uh, trying to deal with talk about at an international level the radicalized and racialized christian nationalism happening in the united states and around the world we'll be sharing a lot of that out in the next um, couple of weeks and months uh video uh, recordings and podcasts and statements and things so yeah some work being done as this is our um, march on christian nationalism emphasis for the month of march we've been putting a little um time and energy into this. In fact, traveling today to go to Washington, DC, where another gathering of people are happening um, around the issues of how can people of faith organize for democracy in a way that doesn't seem to violate the essence of the country and the promise that we have for freedom of religion and freedom from religion, and yet still have a faithful presence in society. So this whole month has been full of these kinds of things from Arizona meetings and Oxford and... Uh, now in Washington D.C., so uh, a lot is up. So people that feel part of all that work uh, that we do at Vote Come and Good, and the and the Christian Left is a part of, and the progressive uh, Christian channels, and uh, all that we do, we're uh, we're we're up and in it, and we're going to be reporting out all of this, just so you all know that some good things are coming up.
1: Yeah. So it seems encouraging that so many other groups and people are sort of waking up to the idea that this is a bigger problem than maybe we thought, and we have to actually talk about it and figure out solutions. So it seems like a good step forward. Right. For sure. And having been in these
0: meetings, um, the, the understanding of what Christian nationalism is or what part of it is a threat and what parts are the solutions is, is not clear. I'll just say that. So there is still a lot of work to do. And if you feel that way as a regular viewer or listener to this uh, podcast and live stream... We're in the vote common good ecosystem you feel like i don't really know what it is don't don't feel like you're the you know the student that's behind on your homework a lot of people feel this way i promise you there are a lot of people saying like i'm not exactly sure and a lot of disagreement about it so it's a, f- a fresh approach needed to help us uh, help us turn the corner on all this so yeah. by the way if if you're not already up on the um the uh, i think award-winning uh, uh special <laughs> podcast series i in, in england I, we, we were awarded the um the the oxy award um <laughs> an award i just made up from oxford university for excellence in uh. in personal hygiene and podcasting that is um uh, uh something uh, hinting toward this confronting christian nationalism podcast that dan has produced and it's super great and um Hope you have a chance to uh, listen to that. Dan, how many episodes are, are still left to drop in that podcast, as, as we say in the podcast business?
1: I think there's one official, and then we might have a couple bonus episodes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, The next episode, hey. we're actually going to get into this, uh, dive deeper into the seven mountains theory and uh, kind of unpack that a little bit. We touched on it in uh, the last episode, I believe. And uh, so... We're gonna dive a little deeper it is a big deal this theory called the
0: seven mountains uh, mandate or the seven mountains of influence uh, has has great importance in this work and i think it's a real problem other people as i found out in the last uh, month or so think it's the solution to the problem so <laughs> interesting um uh, situation we find ourselves in
1: yeah there's a lot happening in the world and we want to get into it tuesdays we usually you know dive into politics primarily And uh, there's a lot going on in the world of politics. One of the things we're passionate about on this show is immigration reform. And When Trump was in office, uh, we were very vocal about the need for a change in policy at the border. And uh, we had high hopes for Biden's administration. And yet it seems like at every turn, they're either dropping the ball or intentionally making things worse. Um, They've continued to try to make it more difficult for asylum seekers to enter the country. And they're trying right now to put into place this new policy, which is basically sabotaging asylum seekers. It's trying to make it more difficult for them to apply. It's actually making it more difficult for the people who are trying to help asylum seekers enter the country. It's putting them in an awkward situation uh, where they're going to have to actually break the law technically to uphold this new Biden administration prohibition on asylum seekers is just a real mess. What are your your thoughts on this, Doug?
0: Yeah, it, to, to see that the union that represents the Homeland Security and Border Patrol employees has again put out a statement as they did in 2019 in response to the Trump administration's view of asylum seekers and immigration to say, as a union, we believe that the policies you are implementing put our employees in a position where either they uphold your new order or they uphold their constitutional requirements of how they're going to treat people. Their their statement reads this. This is from the union representing the Uh, people who work in the border patrol industry um, for the federal government. At their core, the measures proposed, sorry. At their core, the measures that the proposed rule seeks to implement are inconsistent with asylum law enacted by Congress and the treaties that, that the United States has previously ratified and our country's moral fabric and longstanding tradition of providing a safe haven to the persecuted.
1: Wow. Rather, what, sorry. What a, what a sentence right there already. Just
0: I mean, so like, look, th- this is not just coming from activists like us and people of good conscience and goodwill that want to push and say, we don't have to think about the details of it. And it's, you know, I've, I hear from a lot of my conservative friends, easy for you to say, you all just, you know, s- dip in and dip out. You don't really know what it's like for the people who live there and work there along the border mm-hmm. and the border patrol agents and we're going to back the blue and this is from the union representing those workers that the measures being proposed violate or are inconsistent <laughs> with asylum law that's already been enacted the treaties the united states has the international treaties and the moral fabric of the country and the it's traditions incredible. of the country a, a powerful powerful statement and then they go on to say rather than accomplishing all of, you know, fulfilling all of those agreements. It's a draco- it's draconian, which, you know, is a word to use in politics, mostly, uh, meaning it's, it's harsh and severe and all sort of one direction. So it's draconian and represents the elevation of a single policy goal, reducing the number of immigrants, immigrants crossing the Southern, the Southwest border over human life and our country's commitment to refugees. I mean, a fantastically written statement by the union. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan, I think we should reach out to a union rep, see if we can have That'd them come on and talk to us about this. Because so often, and we certainly felt that when we were along the border, you can feel this animosity between the care for the, for the asylum seekers and the migrants and the, and the border patrol's uh, approach to these people. And we were told regularly, it's not that clear. There's a lot of these people are working hard. But what's frustrating about this is this is the union now saying it not only to the Trump administration for their particular policies, but having to say it to the Biden administration. Mm -hmm. Because on this issue, I'm going to be real blunt here for a second. On this issue, both the Trump administration and the Biden administration are doing what the majority of Americans think they should do. The problem is the majority of Americans on this issue are wrong. Yeah. The majority view on this has been drummed up and has been beaten into people's subconscious and consciousness to a degree that they readily accept what the union calls draconian and and cruel policies that elevate a single policy goal and violate... The moral fabric, the treaties, and all the rest. So the people who know this very well are in disagreement with one another. And we need to sway the center of this country's moral commitment. And that Mm -hmm. moral commitment, by the way, doesn't have to come from a religious commitment. In fact, on some of these issues, the different religious commitments, religious perspectives are not the best. They're not always the most um, morally are rooted and driven. They're driven out of other things like protecting the nation and nationalism. We can do all of the things. You can protect this country and have a border and not do the kinds of things that even the union representatives are saying. So this right. is a big deal. And look, I get it. I mean, I, I even, in my, when I'm doom scrolling through the news on my phone, you know, there's days I see things about what's going on in, in the world of immigration is just so depressing. I just, don't even want to read it. I just have to bookmark it and say, I'll come back to it when I'm in a different headspace. Like, I get it. It's just a frustration mm-hmm. in this country. We haven't been able to, we haven't figured out how to solve it. It feels like the gun debate, which we'll get to in a minute, feels like this intractable topic that the only thing we seemingly can do is be bad on it. And 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 if you talk about the common good like we do, it just feels like a bunch of no good on so many of these topics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we need to keep up the pressure we've asked people on our uh, to sign a petition it's on our website go to votecommongood.com you'll see a petition to tell the biden administration not to treat asylum seekers the way they are i'm going to be in washington dc i'm going to bring those that that list of signers over to the white house and you know suggest that they take a look at it they probably won't but look we're going to do our part right we're going to mm-hmm. do our thing and i'm coming as a friend of the administration But, you know, when you're a friend of the administration, just like when you're a friend of anyone, you don't just let them do things that are hurtful and harmful. You say something. Right. Because I'm going to drive to the airport in a little bit. And outside my airport, there's a big sign. You know what the sign says? If you see something, say something. Right. Because for 23 years, we've been obsessively worrying about what could possibly happen at our airports because we know what happened on September 11th. Yeah, but it's not the only place that if you see something you should say something there's mm-hmm. other places where we should be saying something so please go to our website sign on to that put your name uh, join into the w- with the thousands of others saying we cannot have it be like this I don't say this very often but like join the Border Patrol Union opinion <laughs> <on something. laughs> that this yeah. is that this is no good uh, yeah T- Tricia is asking what's the What's the plan? And basically the plan is to limit where and from what countries people can seek asylum in the United States. And changing our procedure to say, you have to seek asylum in your home country. You can't come here.
1: And any country that you pass through to get to the US. So if you pass through two other countries on your way to the US border, you have to also apply for asylum in those countries and be denied, and then you're allowed to apply for asylum here. So Tricia, I'm, imagine,
0: I'm, imagine what's going on. I just learned this two weeks ago when I was with Dora Rodriguez, who's one of our, our partners. And we were in a little town called Sasebe, um, Mexico in Sasebe, Arizona, just outside of Tucson. And we were talking about these new policies. And one of the things that the Biden administration has tried to put into place is that people then can, in, pardon me, let, let, let me step back from it. The previous way that you would seek asylum was that you had to get to the United States and be on United States soil to do so. For me, I think back to the 1980s movies when Russian dissidents were trying to uh, come to the United States to seek asylum and they're like a chess master. And once they landed in the United States, they would say, I'm seeking asylum, right? Because they have to mm-hmm. do it here. Yeah. You can't do it in your home country. US really soil. good reasons, by the way, why you can't do it in your own country. I mean, imagine if someone was in a domestic situation at home and they're in trouble. You would advocates of people that are in trouble in a domestic situation say, get out of the house as fast as you can. This is essentially saying, stay in your house and call us and tell us, and then just wait at home until we get back to you about the help that could be available. Mm-hmm. That's not a good idea for asylum seekers whose who's well-being is, is, in, is in jeopardy. So what the Biden administration has tried to do is to use technology for this purpose. So the only way now when you're traveling through these other countries in your home country that you can apply for asylum is on the internet. Go to the website. <laughs> Yep, I mean, the laughter, if it's not in your head already, it's going to be there in a minute about how ridiculous this is. You're now walking from Honduras through Guatemala, through Mexico, riding trains, being trafficked by smugglers, and you're going to hop on your smartphone and fill out the government form, okay? That's what they have to do. So what has happened is the cartels are now selling that service to the migrants. Yep. And they're going into greater debt to the traffickers because not only are they physically escorting them, they're charging them for filling out their forms on the website. Mm -hmm. And then they're gonna hear back, and you know how the migrants is gonna hear back? By email.
1: (laughs) Just wrap your head around that for a minute. But that's that's the intent. It's not like they made a mistake and didn't think this through. They thought it through. It is intentionally problematic so that people can't properly apply for asylum. And then they get to the border, and then it's easy to say, sorry, you didn't do it the right way. You can't come in here. I'm dealing with a thing right now. I'm trying to help my friend from Haiti and his family get here trying to do it the right way. There's a you know new visa program for mm. people from Haiti and a few other countries. And it is prohibitively difficult. And um, for one, you have to have an American sponsor. That's me. I have to put in all my financial information, prove that I can take care of this person if they can't get a job. Um And do all this paperwork, get statements from the bank officer and like all this weird stuff that the bank didn't even know how to do, you know, like they're calling people and trying to figure out what the government needs. So all this really difficult red tape, then you submit it. We've just been waiting for six weeks. We don't know if he'll be approved or denied. But meanwhile, things are deteriorating in Haiti and it's a dangerous situation there's no better way to do it though. The only yep. alternative is to you know what many Haitians have been doing, get on a boat, go to Mexico and walk to the border and apply for asylum. And that's exactly what the Biden administration is trying to make illegal. Yeah.
0: It's it's a real problem. It's it's a real problem. And look, immigration has been a problem in this country from its founding. Who's in? How long can they stay? What does it mean to be a citizen? It's the struggle that a nation has when it is one that wants to be formed, not by language. It's not Mm -hmm. a country that's language specific. It's not a country that's blood and soil. In other words, who are you related to or on what land were you born? The, The shorthand is this is a nation of immigrants, meaning it's people who've come from other places and gather around a notion or an idea that the United States is not an ethnic country, it's not a religious country, it's not a blood and soil country, it's an idea. Other nations are, are formed similarly. This is a struggle to figure out how we do this right. Mm-hmm. But that's our struggle. This is literally our chosen struggle. So I, I, I totally get it. I see Christie's comment, Christy Newman's comment that the Biden administration has a lot to do. Yes, they do, for sure. That comes with being a president. It comes with running the executive uh, (laughs) side of the executive branch, right? It's a lot. What we're asking is move this up the priorities. You can't carry everything. I get it. Make sure you don't leave this behind. Mm -hmm. Again, to another administration, yet again, over the last 40 years, just begging them to make sure this gets in the backpack as you travel as an administration, don't leave this one behind. Yeah. And please, whatever you do, don't just wash, rinse and repeat the previous administration's work. I will say this about the Trump administration and we can get off this, this diatribe for a moment. They didn't, the Trump administration didn't just do what every other administration has done. They made change,
1: mm-hmm. they
0: made it worse. It was their intention to make it worse. Yeah. They sent a message of punishment if you came to the border and sought asylum. It was called family separation. And they said they were doing family separation in order to send a message. If yeah. you try to come here, you will get in, but you will be separated from your children.
1: Cruelty as a
0: deterrent. Was their statement, right? That's, yeah. I mean, we're not, I'm not just assigning that to them. This is what they said. Don't repeat that pattern. And that pattern is being repeated and Mm it's being repeated over and over. I mean, just ask yourself, since 2006, has there been a time when Congress, the people who can make a choice about this and the administration, the other people who can make a choice about this, seriously looked at immigration? It hasn't happened. The Bush administration was pushing it through. There was this gang of eight. They were trying to get this thing together. Marco Rubio was part of it. They were really close. And then in the 2006 election, You might know what happened. The Tea Party people, the precursor to the Marjorie Taylor Greene and MAGA movement, were elected into office on a big taxed enough already, and they scuttled all of it. And since then, there hasn't even been a glimmer of a hope Mm -hmm. to change not only our immigration laws, but our asylum laws, and to create a situation where it's not a riveted mess, because it is a mess. Mm-hmm. There, there is a crisis on the border, but it's created by United States policy. It's not created by behavior of migrants and, and refugees.
1: Yeah, intensely okay. yes. frustrating. <laughs> and
0: Al- Alex, is, Alex, hi Alex, good to see you today, by the way. Alex is asking, is the petition on the website the one about Biden and the kids in cages? That's the one. That's the one that you signed. So if you go to Vote Common Good, you'll see it asking the Biden administration not to, because basically what they're doing is saying if you come from any of these countries that we don't put on a special list to be able to get asylum, of which Haiti is on there, mm-hmm. Cuba, Venezuela, Afghanistan. Yes. But if you're Nicaragua. not in one of those, if you're not in one of those countries, Nicaragua, and those are all countries that the United States wants to welcome asylum seekers from, because we also have an agenda to uh, weaken the governments in those countries because of some uh, other... But if you're from uh, other places, um, then then you're um, under a different set of rules. Mm-hmm. So it's a difficult, difficult situation. No doubt about it. Not making light of it. We're trying to make not light of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, L-I, you know, wait, wait light of it. We're trying to shine the light on it to make it less light. Yeah. Make it more gravitas.
1: But this is a, a bright spot in the immigration debate. Uh, Tell us about this. This is a pastor that you're going to uh, be hanging out with this week, right? In DC? Yes.
0: Yeah. Reverend Kaji She's She's fantastic. She's a pastor in in New York and is a real leader. And she was treated in a particular way in 2019 by Homeland Security. She believes she was targeted by them because of her activism, as were a number of other faith leaders who were doing work in Mexico to bring relief to migrants who were stuck in those, what were then referred to as the Remain of Mexico camps. And after a big expose from a San Diego newspaper, I believe it was, it showed, oh, that's exactly what what Homeland Security did and how they treated her. So she filed a lawsuit and has finally come to a conclusion just recently. And yesterday she made a big announcement about this, uh, that it was shown that the government lied about her. She calls it gaslighting of her and stalling and stalling and treating her in a particular way. And so the story, which is on Religion News Services, RNS, if you listen to the podcast a week ago uh, with Bob uh, Smetana, Bob is uh, with with Religion News Service. And um, you can go to Religion News Service and read the whole article. And we're going to try to do a a conversation with with Reverend Kaji this this uh, this week, um, but it's a great story. It's about how people are getting in this work and doing it, and how much struggle there is when you feel like you're working against the the the, the very intentions of the government. And what's great about this lawsuit she filed was, it was a lawsuit about her religious rights and religious freedoms. <laughs> yeah, right. Because you often only hear religious freedom arguments coming from conservatives who don't want to obey the law. Here she's saying, you violated the law in violation of my religious freedoms to care for people who are in distress. And she won And she won the, uh, the determination from, from the judge on this. So a real, the, 2019, Dan, 2019, this all happened. We're in 2023 and finally got a resolution on this. Mm-hmm. These things do take a while. No one is saying they don't. But also we've been working at this for a really long time. Mm. And uh, uh, Reverend Kaji's work is just extraordinary and uh, and really great. And I'm gonna have a chance to be with her at this meeting that I mentioned I'm gonna be at in d c and can't wait to to talk with her about it and cheer her on for her steadfast uh, work on this and and all the rest. And I'll send her greetings from all of us uh, too and we'll get we'll we'll do all we can to chat with her here. That's great.
1: But yeah, that is hey. another tactic of how. Like the bad guys win, you just get tied up in court for four years, and even if you win, you still wasted four years of your life, you know. And like, a lot of money.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it, it it takes a lot to uh, to bring a lawsuit against the government. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if I favor to. a so way most back people in the don't. 80s, also, most people just choose. Yeah, you you sued the government. Did not you? I did? Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. when I was a high school kid, about violating my religious freedoms and oh, rights, uh, and you know, I was just a patsy in that deal in some ways because I was just a kid. But it's it's true. It just takes a lot and takes a lot out of you and takes a lot from you, and it's it's a big
1: it's a big deal. So most people choose not to. They say, well, it's I'm not gonna be able totally. to win. I'm not gonna be able to spend that. I don't have that money. I don't want my life to be ruined for the next three or four years, and so. They just don't fight
0: it. Yep. And what good's going to come from it? Yep. Yeah. 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 And uh, this, there was a... F- okay. Well, we'll just one more comment. There was a big news story about a fire that took place inside of a migrant detention center, a migrant uh, waiting facility in Mexico yesterday. And uh, people have died there. And j- just, just the human trauma is all over the place with all the other um, mm-hmm. difficult human traumas that are unleashing, including in our country. And, you know, so yesterday, again, the story of... A shooting, yeah, of a person intending to go and kill people, took place in Nashville. So heartbreaking. Uh, children and adults in this school were uh, were killed, and it, it's just the unthinkable, you know, for parents, for a nation, for uh, for everyone in, involved in it, um, you know, murderer and victims alike. It's just so. Horrible and sad and is shockingly familiar. But mm-hmm. right, you could almost fill in the the details. On this one, a changed detail was that the profile didn't fit the profile of so many other um, of of the shooters. So that piqued some interest. And, and super sad that it was targeted at a school with people so young, you know. Yeah. Um young children uh, and just again and this one was a church school like a school inside of a church a private charter school and there's some people who think that's those are the places that should be the most safe so they want to send their kids there and it just it just breaks the, the seal that people mm-hmm. think they can put around themselves to someday be safe and it's just it's so terribly heartbreaking and and look people were on the news last night saying when is this ever going to change will this be the one? It's it's not going to be the one. This country has decided that our our gun laws come with a body count, mm-hmm. and we're comfortable with that. That's yeah. just the the blatant truth of it. It's yeah, like yep, Sandy that's, Hook.
1: That's what happens. Sandy Hook didn't move the needle. Everyone thought this is the one where we finally wake up and do something. Didn't do anything. So I just it's so depressing and so enraging to see this keep happening and the people in power offer their thoughts and prayers and then we move on to the next one. And you know, like my wife is a teacher. I've got three kids in school and every day this is in the back of my mind. And then, you know, something like this happens and it's front of mind totally just intensely yeah. frustrating that there's zero willpower to do anything. And, you know, seventy percent of Americans think our gun laws are too lax. Like 70 percent of Americans think we should have red flag laws and, you know, more common sense gun laws. But we can't even get that done. Like we can't even yep. get the basics done and there's a you know a fair amount of hand wringing and liberals saying like no we don't want to come for your guns yeah you know, that's the scare tactic uh, the right uses that you know the liberals are going to come for your guns at this point i'm like no we want to take your guns you shouldn't yep. have guns anymore right like <laughs> that's that that's where i am too yeah yeah i'm like yeah. get rid of all the guns do what australia did do what the UK did, make it almost impossible to get guns. We've got more guns than we have human beings in this country, which is just Mm -hmm. shocking and stupid.
0: And, and deeply related to our previous conversation about what's going on at the border as well, right? So many guns move that are made in the United States are then moved across the border and become part of that. And the the Mm -hmm. drugs come in and the guns go down and a violence cycle Mm -hmm. is, is perpetuated. It's, really a problem. When, when I, but back in the 70s, there was a big conversation about gun control. It was, it was a major political and, and cultural question. But back then, the gun that people were upset about was the Saturday night special. In fact, there's an old '70s rock song, uh, rock and roll song, you know, yeah. uh, that getting good for nothing but putting a man six feet in the grave. The idea then was these small guns that people could carry and conceal and not know what they are were so deadly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We didn't solve that problem. We've now opened up concealed carry laws all over the country. State of Texas, now 18 years old, buy a gun, carry it, no restrictions. Just insane. We're going the other way. And now it's the AR style rifles because they are so incredibly deadly and mm-hmm. created for simply the purpose of uh, ending a life as quickly as possible. That's what the designers say they're, des- they're designed for. That's what the people who sell them say that they're all about, that's what they're for.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: those guns are available. You know, you call them the assault rifle ban, that guns that are designed specifically for that. We've had assault rifle bans before. We should have them again. Um, but look, there is, there is no proposal in our, in our society that will solve these mass shootings. None of the gun laws that people are talking about, not background checks, not Mm -hmm. red flag laws, they're not going to do it. Something more significant would need to happen. A lack of availability to those weapons is what would happen. Not double checking to see if anyone has committed this crime previously or some crime that would keep them from possessing a gun. I mean, this is the thing, look, and I, I'm as anti, you know, gun culture as I think I could be. If I, if I can, I'd, I'd, I, you know, if there's more I could do, let me know. I'd be glad to jump in that stream for these assault rifles and personal use rifles and all the rest of it. it but what the anti, you know, what the NRA people are right about is these laws aren't going to stop these, these shootings. That's right, let's pass these laws and then let's get on to ones that are going to
1: right the pro can't even is get we, to the baseline yeah yes
0: can't can't even agree that it's a public health hazard mm-hmm. the weaponry or the or the ammunition something is is doing it right and we can't seem to get there and somehow as a nation we've just said well we don't want to disrupt all of that mm-hmm Look, 70% of the country does want there to be greater background checks. You know, stuff that's called common sense law reform of gun reform. Of course. Of course, 70% of people want that. Do 70% of the people not want there to be assault weapons available? Then the numbers start to change. Mm-hmm. And have we had a decent conversation about this? You know, I don't know, since I was in sixth grade. No, we haven't. In fact, the conversation we've had about it has become more extremist on the pro-gun side and the rhetoric has gone up and it's going in the wrong direction. And this along with the other topic we talked about have been intractable problems in this country and it continues to show up. And b- both suicides and, and killings of other people are so deeply related to the gun. I just don't know how we're gonna get around it as a, as a gun culture. And I know I've been on this rant before, but you go to the Mall of America, a place where there's a place for fun in your life is their is there tagline here for the largest mall in, in America, up the street from me. And what there is, is a first person shooter themed laser tag room where you run around with an AR 15 style gun with somebody with a vest on that has a little sensor on it. And you run around in a combat zone trying to win a game. So let's not talk like we care about this issue when literally there are games you can play on your on your computer or in real person. And I am not saying that someone moves from playing the game to going and doing it in in person, right? Of course not. What I'm saying is it creates a culture in which something that seems so horrific is not seen as horrific Mm -hmm. when it's turned into some form of entertainment. And no cultural development person would say to you, I think that's gonna go the right direction. Let's just (laughs) keep, you know, it's like when we were kids and they had candy cigarettes. Yeah, it was designed by the tobacco company to make fun, game, enjoyment for children out of an activity. So look, and I'm not saying if you had candy cigarettes as a kid, you become a smoker. What I'm saying is it creates a culture that tells you how to think about these issues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, do we want to get in on this? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would sure, I would sure be glad, be be glad to do it. So, if we're going to say to ourselves, look, and 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 again on this and and some other topics, let's not just convince ourselves that it's simply politicians or it's simply how congressional lines are drawn. You can blame a lot of things on gerrymandering. This is not one of them. This is just not a gerrymandered problem, meaning how do we elect our representatives at the federal level and how are our state representatives allotted based on addresses and populations and who's going to vote for, for which which particular representative This this cuts across all of that stuff. Dan, to, to your point, you know, um, can we have a society where we just permissively put out these kinds of weapons in this gun culture? And, and I'm on the n r a mailing list if you're not currently on the n r a mailing list and you want to get a little education on this, get on it because they'll send you magazines that gin up this kind of personal protection and gun culture
1: mm-hmm.
0: like mad so it's it is there is a real active pursuit of of this kind of thing so
1: and what's interesting too is like police are against these weapons, like all the back the blue people like. Police do not want open carry. Police do not want assault rifles. And when they, you know, everyone knew it, even going into it, but this investigation about the Uvalde shooting, they had, you know, dozens of armed police officers who were too afraid of the gun that this shooter had to go confront the shooter. So we've got weapons of war easily accessible to anyone, and the police are too afraid of these weapons to intervene even when children are being killed.
0: Yeah, it's that deadly. It, the, the capacity to create a deadly scene is so intense that it, it stalls out the system at, at, at every possible level. And if you, if you don't know that there's a whole crowd of people for whom the second amendment right is also something they think is the very foundation of the country, uh, let me assure you, they exist. I have friends of mine who we agree on so many things, and then we get to this, and they're like, "No, the, something foundational in the United States of America is the right to bear arms to take to use them to protect themselves against their very own government <laughs> yeah. not not for any purpose. Like the second amendment, the second amendment argument is not you should get to hunt or you should get to go to a, a
1: target range or even home protection. Like it's protection right. from the government.
0: Fundamentally, and, and who is the government? We know it's our other citizens. So the right to bear arms to use against other citizens in your country is built in to the narrative. I think that's not a proper reading of the Second Amendment. Obviously, the Heller decision was is the law of the land. It needs to be reversed. That's the Supreme Court uh, um, ruling in 2008 that said that what happens, uh, that, the, that the Constitution not only refers to militias, aka the national guard for a state a well um, um, managed militia is what we now uh, have as the national guard but also applies to personal use i i think a just unbelievably bad decision mm-hmm. right on on such a thing and uh that needs to be reversed but there doesn't seem to be any any hankering for that so I guess, as a country, we could decide, well, as people, it's a right that we don't want to exercise and we're going to get rid of uh, the entire gun culture and gun industry, but we can't get there. And and does that take away from the pain of these, of these uh, parents? I sure hope not. I hope it's not, you know, distraction from the pain that we're talking about what some solutions can be, but I think every time it comes up, we have to remind ourselves the The incremental laws that we're talking about putting in place if it doesn't include something like eliminating assault rifles and eliminating the ammunition that that can cause this problem and start to make a cultural shift to protection of one another and not fear of weapons it we're we're still going to have a long way to go this is a this is a Mm -hmm. deeper cultural issue and we cannot let ourselves just be um lulled into Let's just let's let's just change the makeup of who you who you get to vote for by how we draw our congressional lines. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people think. A lot of us have been convinced that gerrymandering would fix the problem. It sometimes it does. Look, gerrymandering is a serious problem. It doesn't solve all the problems though. Mm-hmm. And this is one that just cuts across the country in too many ways that we're not having a significant political discussion about this. It will turn into government. What rules and what what
1: abilities does government have on on, on any matter of matter of issues? Yeah. Well, so, speaking of the government and uh, its inability to do anything, the GOP has been trying to uh, <laughs> hold these investigations, <laughs> and they're not going as well as as they'd hoped. Boy, it's really a it's really a thing. you know, <laughs> have they, you been watching uh, video clips from these? It's just it's stunning the level of incompetence on these hearings that they are holding. They're in charge yes. of these. They've had any amount of time they want to prepare. And still they come with these arguments, and the people that they're gr- are grilling will point out like, oh, you're mad about something that happened during the Trump administration. Yeah. Like <laughs> just yeah. like explain yeah. this. And they're like, well, that was in twenty nineteen. Joe Biden wasn't the president.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and the and so what, what they're trying to look at apparently is the grand overreach of the federal government and using governmental power in order to stifle the freedoms of Americans. And that freedom could be stopping someone from doing what they want to do or preventing them from doing something that they're, that they're currently doing. So that's their big argument. So they're, they've had, as you say, two years when they weren't in control of Congress to work up their material, get yourselves ready. They have knew since November they were going to have control of the House of Representatives. When they took over the House in January, they had time. Now we're at the end of March and they've put their their big committees out and honestly, it's a bunch of internet troll level nonsense. Yeah. It's just such, I, and I have, a, I, have, I have a really good friend. Hope he's watching this because I tell him all the time I, re- I reference him who is like, you just wait, it's going to come. And I've said to him over and over, please look, if this committee, can find out anything about how Joe Biden is tied in with China and took illegal contributions or that his children are being paid and that the decisions that we're making about not shooting down spy balloons is because he's on the dole of China. We all want to know that. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna say that on newscasts, if you're gonna say that on, on uh, in print material, if you're gonna say that on the internet, yeah, we all want Congress to look into that, get busy. So why is it that if that's going on and it's obviously so clear from your vantage point that that's happening, why? How come we don't all know about it? And you know, his answer is well, because the media won't cover it. <laughs> Watch C-SPAN; they're covering it. It's just there all day yeah. long. I promise you, if any of this stuff was the case, but it's just riddled with the silliest arguments. Uh, that that really and Dan uh, fundamentally here is what I think is going on. I think this committee exists to say to a certain set of voters who voted for certain MAGA Republicans, we're doing it. We're doing what we said we were going to do. We're swinging Mm -hmm. for the fences. We know nothing's going to come out of this, but you know what we are going to do? We're going to show how incompetent the government is. One of the goals of libertarian versions of conservatism is to disempower governments overall, but especially the federal government. So anytime... That the government looks ridiculous it's a it's a a point on their side of the ledger yeah. they're all for it
1: well it's a right? self a self fulfilling prophecy it's like see the the government is bad, and then we get in power, we make the government worse. see we told you so, keep yes. us in power so the government can still continue to not function well it, like, it's <laughs> it's truly something you know
0: it is it is just uh is just bonkers so the house gop is going to keep doing their stuff and i I, i'm just all for them look spend all of your budget that you've got getting to the bottom of all these conspiracies look if if the if conservatives are being shut down by the federal government the way that we know you know representative or or, uh reverend uh kaji dosa was in the previous conversation we had yeah, we should look into that. If the government is targeting people, absolutely. If mm-hmm. the IRS is targeting people, we should go. Please, please tell us where this is happening because we should stop it. But you're yeah. not telling us where it's happening. In fact, the witnesses you're bringing in are saying, yeah, that thing you're saying is not happening. Right. Or it happened under the Trump administration and we fixed it. Or the mm-hmm. only
1: evidence, like I saw this uh, Matt Gates clip. Where he's grilling this guy about weapons going to Ukraine and ending up in the hands of the Azov you know, battalion or whatever, and uh, and the guy's like, well, "I haven't seen any proof of that. Where is your proof?" And Matt Gates references this article from a Chinese propaganda <laughs> publication. Yes. And the guy being, you know, interviewed is like, I don't like to get my information from Chinese propaganda, do you? And Matt Gates has to admit like, no, you're right, like that that's probably not the best source. That's their only source. That's,
0: that's the like, source. That's what got it on the docket. Yeah. And that's what So, look, representatives always have a constituency. There's a significant constituency, a third of the voters in this country that believe in a whole set of these kinds of narratives and and stories they're fulfilling those people's call to investigate this stuff. It's really quite good for all of us that they're looking into it, investigating it because then we'll all be able to say, yeah, that's not, that didn't happen. They looked right. (laughs) They looked into it. So I'm, I'm of the opinion, all the power to these people. I mean, I don't know, work long weekends, even just keep (laughs) it going so we can all finally decide no, that's not happening. Right. And if it is happening, any of it, look, whatever's on Hunter Biden's laptop, let's all know about it. Sure. Don't if if it has anything to do with the, the president of the United States and the power that he has and what he how he's using his power, please let us know. Why has this been so long? I mean, literally, Rudy Giuliani was digging around in Ukraine three years ago <laughs> looking for this laptop. And we still can't find it. And you're going to direct me to a YouTube video expose about it. Like, honestly, it's just something else. But there it is in this photo, right there again in Congress, introduced as official uh, acts of the whatever this is, the 123rd Congress of the United States of America. It's incredible. Just, mm-hmm. just simply, just simply. And this is look. This is different argument I think than the people that I know who oppose what the what the January 6th uh, Bipartisan Committee did. There they were saying, what they're telling us is just all this proof they're showing is fake proof. I'm not saying that your proof is fake proof. I'm saying there is no proof even. Mm-hmm. Let's at least get to the point where someone like us could say, I don't believe your proof. Don't make your proof so bad that your very own witnesses are saying like, yeah, that's not the, that's not the proof. <laughs> This is the thing that's that's the difference, right? Is yeah. that this isn't Benghazi and this isn't Watergate and this isn't January 6th and this isn't September 11th and no, it's just literally internet buzzy nonsense. And there doesn't seem doesn't seem to phase them at all.
1: Yeah. Like they're not even embarrassed by how badly this is going. And 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 speaking of this and th-
0: there've always been these um accusations that There are people in the United States who are stealing children and harvesting organs from them. I don't know if you know about this or not, but this is a theory that's put out. It's it's the core of QAnon, right? That there's sex cults that are taking children and then and taking their organs and from them. So gate. Weird and was disgusting. that involved? Yeah. Totally, yeah. That's where they were keeping them because they saw John Podesta's emails and he was ordering a lot of pizza from this particular pizza shop and that was really code for this is where the children are being brought in. They're in, in the and basement. There was so a guy no went basement. to this place and there was no basement and, you know, it's... it's it Still so shot people. Goofyville and dangerous. But apparently in China, the Chinese government is using religious persecution of particular religious people in China and is taking organs from people. Apparently this is happening. So the United States Congress passed a resolution to say, we condemn taking organs from people by any government, especially China, And if you do, the United States now, by the force of law, by this resolution, has power to sanction individuals and a country when this is happening. So because it's taking place by the determination of Congress, they passed a law. And here's the great thing. Everybody in Congress voted for it, except Marjorie Taylor Greene and one other person. (laughs) the person out saying that QAnon is real, the person out pushing that we have to protect children and innocent people from organ harvesting says when her vote comes up about condemning this action if it's being done in China, and whenever it's done in China, says, I vote no on that resolution. Four hundred and, I don't know, whatever, 98 to two her and another congressman who also has voted against nearly everything Congress ever wants to pass. Incredible. What? Marjorie Taylor Greene votes against sanctioning China for organ harvesting. On what possible planet does this make any sense? I mean, this is a gimme resolution, All, all of us. And who's the standout? The same person over and over and over. Happy News Day, everybody! Happy News
1: day. <laughs> Just one of the most just bonkers. Yeah. Read the
0: article. Uh, you can find it. You know, I can't remember where where this one came from. I don't know some reputable news source. A uh, whole article about it, and it's sort of a, a mind bending story about what's going on in China anyway with the Rohingya and and other religiously persecuted uh, groups. And then the government of the United States wants to do something about it. And Marjorie Taylor Greene says, "Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, for, I'm not for that resolution." Now she may have a really good reason. Maybe something she really wanted in there that didn't get in there. But when you're a standout out of all but two people yeah. <laughs> in Congress, four hundred and
1: thirteen to two,
0: four hundred and thirteen to two, and then That's... Senate's going to pass it too, and it's going to get up, and she's
1: going to be the only one. And the bill was authored by a Republican.
0: Oh, it's a full on Republican thing. Yeah, no, it is. It is. <laughs> you know, it's it is the kind of bill that, yeah, okay, that totally should exist. Right yeah. there are things that the United States government should use as governmental power for, and this is totally one of them. And,
1: and again, at the, the end du- of the day, it's elected mostly symbolic. State, like, you know. like this thing isn't going to have real teeth, I don't expect. Right because when still, we sanction
0: people in other countries they don't actually have to pay for it and you could bring them to an international court and yes but it's 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 the reason we have statements of resolution about right. anything <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just the inability to say to go on record and say I I think this is bad we shouldn't we shouldn't condone organ harvesting yeah
0: and you've got to know that she's she knows she's going to be one of the outliers so for some reason
1: is it just like this? All publicity is good publicity? Like, is she just trolling us at this point? Uh, or, you know, maybe we should get a look at her laptop. Maybe there's something on her laptop. Oh. Or does she have a relatives'
0: <laughs> she have, laptops we could look yeah. at? Is there... <laughs> yeah i mean it's just it's just really really something so you know a little marjorie taylor green update and i'm not just trying to use her as a foil for a stand-in for all the wackadoodles um she might be offering herself as that but she's actually a representative who in this case two out of all the people who voted in the house and then uh, ultimately and it's going to be in the senate she's the only her and one other person the only ones so that's behavior right that's not just persona and all the rest of it it's her saying Nope.
1: Yeah, me. it's not like her and the anti squad got together and made a statement about this for some weird argument. It's just no. This is apparently a principle upon which she stands. A no vote. She could have even abstained.
0: She could have just said like, "Yeah, hey, I'm not there that day, or whatever. Or I'm I'm out of the room, or a, <laughs> yeah. a past." You know, like she did when she was voting for house
1: Major- house majority leader. Yeah.
0: yeah. All right. Is that is that is that our uh, is that our run through the
1: yeah i wish there was uh, a little more common goodness this week but i guess that's uh that's our job listeners and viewers (laughs) is to go out into the world and do something good
0: make some news Uh, make some common good news yeah uh all right all uh it's gonna be a bit bit of a strange week around here on the stream but uh stick with us we'll always have good stuff for you so so thanks to all of you for being involved trisha thanks for your activity in the in the chat by the way if you're not seeing all these chats it's because we have people in different platforms we put this out on different Facebook pages and uh, Elon Musk's hobby and YouTube, and we put them out on all those places. So And Twitch. Um, Shout out to are, Diggs. Hey, what's up?
1: Diggs. Hey, what's up?
0: Twitch? Uh, on Twitch. Yeah. If you're not on Twitch yet, boy, that's a whole world. Uh, head, head over to Twitch <laughs> sometime and watch watch all that. If you're like, what do... I, Really, a lot of people watch videos on live videos on the internet. I, I didn't know that. Go over to Twitch. you'll find channels where there's like 70,000 people watching someone do a variety of things from cooking to making uh, video doing playing video games to talking into a camera like this. It's unbelievable. It's a thing. Uh, yep. It's a whole whole world over there. So uh, thanks everybody. thanks for being a part of all this and we will uh, we'll, we'll see you other times here on these screens this week. Take care.